Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. This is the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon, joined by Dave Somerville. You are joined by me, indeed. Indeed, I am. And Jake mm-hmm. McGee. And even I'm here. Uh, both of you are here. And I wouldn't have it any other way, gentlemen. Any other way. And then there were four. The divisional mm. playoffs are done. We are into the championship games. The semi-finals, for those people who don't follow the NFL. Mm. Four teams left. Now, we already know who they are. There's no spoilers. So we can just go ahead and say it, even though we're going to be covering the games themselves. NFC being represented by the San Francisco 49ers, who will be at home to the Detroit Lions. And and in the AFC... Hang on. Hold on a second. (laughs) Hold on a second. (laughs) What do you mean? Jake, do you remember last week? Nope. Yeah, he was actively rooting against the Lions, uh-huh. hoping Kirby uh, no. Joseph got yeah. a hit on him. Yeah, taking out contracts and to... Lions players and all kinds of stuff. Dave? Ah, well, that's, that's just not true. But The no, way you were talking about it, it was, it was awful. awful. Like two weeks, I, I had two weeks of hate in me, so I've got that out of the way now. Realise that they're playing the 49ers and it's nothing, nothing but love. I mean, I've heard of like <laughs> bandwagon supporters... But Dave's just jumping <laughs> from... You're literally jumping from wagon to wagon. It's unbelievable, Dave. Anyway, anyway that's the <laughs> NFC. Over in the AFC, we have the Baltimore Ravens, uh, number one seed. And they are playing close to the Kansas City Chiefs. So, mm. two really, really big games to come up. But, of course, we're going to be covering the previous games. The divisional round. Uh, we will, of course, then have our... Uh, preview for the championship games and of course random stats now last week guys we only had what was it six games to cover i think it was Mm -hmm. and for some reason after random stats we went on a 40 minute tangent whatever it was well we'll try not to do that but obviously no promises things happen we understand that but we'll see how we get on we are going to start guys with the AFC, and um, we're starting with a divisional round matchup between the um, Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens at M&T Bank Stadium. This was on Saturday in front of 71,018 fans. And this game was tied up 10-10 at halftime. And then the Ravens ran away with it, coming at 34-10 winners. Just looking at some of the box scores here. CJ Stroud, not his best day. 19 of 33, 175 yards. No touchdowns, no picks, no sacks. Literally nothing happened. Um, Rating is 72.2. Leading rusher, Devin Singletary, only 22 yards on nine carries. Uh, The leading receiver was Nico Collins, who had five for 68, although Dalton Schultz had five for 43, and Devin Singletary had five for 48 himself. On the other side of the ball, Lamar Jackson, 16 of 22 for 152 yards, two touchdowns. He was sacked three times, but a rating of 121.8. On the ground, Lamar went 11 times for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Justice Hill chucked in with 13 for 66. Uh, And receiving, top receiver on the day was Zay Flowers, four catches, 41 yards. Although Isaiah Likely had two for 34 and a touchdown. And Nelson Aguilar, remember him? He had two for 12 and a touchdown. Uh, Jake McGee, Jake McGee. The, you've been banging the Texans drum all year. Um, I don't think many people would have expected them to win this game anyway. I know people say 
you know, just happy to be here. Um, but at the end of the day, they, they were just outclassed by the Ravens, weren't they? It wasn't a case of the Texans played horrendously bad in this game. No, it wasn't. And the first half, they kept it close. Um, but the second half, you really did see the, the difference in, in the, the gulf of class. And the Baltimore defense under Mike McDonald just completely shut out the Texans' offense in the second half. In fact, they only let up three points because the the, the seven extra points they got were from a, a pun return. Um, and on the flip side, Texans held up pretty well in the first half. But the second half... Baltimore only had four drives where they scored touchdown, 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 field goal. So when you only have four drives and you score points on every single one of them, uh, that's that's how you win games. And we've had kind of a very different, like I said, single trade, 22 yards. Texans in total only had 38 on the ground, and the Ravens had 229. And we had the Lamar Bo Jackson uh, touchdown run where he went down the tunnel afterwards to really seal the deal. And Dave... Um you know, Jake mentioned Lamar that he really did look like his old self again. He was just mm-hmm. running around. He looked like he at some at times he was the fastest guy in the field. Um, it really is harking back to his um, MVP season of twenty. I'm going to say 2019. Someone correct me. Yes. That's 2019. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think it was. I forget. Yeah. Um, and he just looked absolutely fantastic. The Texans, looking at them, the they were just unable to get Baltimore off the field at times. Uh, a lot of it down to the, the running game, as Jake rightly mentioned. Uh, but they can they can definitely hold their heads up on this one because, as we said, and we've been saying it all year, they've got a really, really young team with some excellent players. A lot to look forward to for the Texans. Well, I think uh, three of the last eight teams that were in the, the playoffs uh, were three of the youngest in the entire league, you know, top top, top four uh, kind of ages, average ages. Um, yes, the Texans have a very bright f- future. Uh, what you were saying about Baltimore being on the field so much, I mean, they were on the field for 37 minutes uh, compared to Houston's 22. So the cl- clock management was there. But I think this that second half especially was all about the run game because there was no run game for Houston um, in the entire game. Devin Singletary had nine carries for twenty-two yards. Now, that that that's it seems pretty bad, averaging two point four per carry. Uh, and then it seems worse when you realise that he had one run of sixteen yards. So apart from that one, he was eight carries for six yards. So yeah, that I mean the the Ravens' run defense was just incredible. Uh, and then. It it say, it says quite a lot that it was nearly it, Lamar alone got nearly three times the amount the entire Houston uh, uh, team got. So Lamar ran for a hundred yards. Um, CJ Stroud was just he, he, he there was just nothing he could do. Let's let's be honest. He he could do nothing. Like Jake was saying, the only uh, thing they could do on offense was a field goal, which uh, was. That that's it. That was literally it. Nico Collins made a couple of good catches though, but apart from that, they shut him down. Uh, like half his throw, half the throws to him were just not. They they couldn't complete it. They 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 just couldn't do anything in this game. I'm afraid. But yeah, they've got a bright future ahead of them. It's just not just now, not yet. They're not quite there, but they're getting there. I'd say. 
Oh, they're definitely getting there. They've got a lot to look forward to. You mentioned that uh, Ravens defense. Rokon Smith was just everywhere. Everywhere. Every every time a play was made, it looked like Rokon Smith and Malik Harrison. You know, they were always right in the middle of it. Um, Malik Harrison actually forced a fumble as well uh, in this game. Um, But the Ravens, they're the number one seed. They moved to the AFC Championship game. Uh, we already mentioned Lamar had an MVP season back in 2019. I'm going to say 2019. I think that's what it was. Um, and he's sort of odds-on favourite to win again this year, pick up a second MVP. And a team that they're going to be taking on is the reigning MVP, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Because we go, gentlemen, in the F- staying in the AFC for this one, Kansas City-Buffalo, which was the final game but we're doing AFC, then NFC. And uh, Highmark Stadium, 70,808 fans. Uh, and this was a terrific game. An absolutely terrific game to watch. It came right down to the wire. And unfortunately, the man who opened the scoring, Tyler Bass, mm-hmm. had a chance to win it uh, with just you know a minute to go in the game. A chance to tie it, sorry, beg your pardon, that's to tie the game, yeah. send it into overtime, hopefully, um, and he missed. And unfortunately for all Bills fans, he missed it to the right. If he'd missed it to the left, if it had been blocked, if it had been short, if it had been a fumble, snap or anything, it wouldn't have been so bad. But when the commentator shouts wide right, every Bills fan must have just died inside a little bit <laughs> wide right in a kick uh the chiefs then got the ball back and they were able to run out the clock and seal a 27 24 victory um now look just a couple of things in the box score before we talk about the game because this game had a lot of talking points not just that kick towards the end Patrick Mahomes, 17 of 23, 215 yards, two touchdowns, a rating of 131.6. Isaiah Pacheco, 15 carries, 97 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Leading receiver, Travis Kelsey, five catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns. That makes him, uh, Kelsey and Mahomes have connected for more touchdowns in the postseason than anyone in NFL history. They came into this game tied with uh, Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. One behind Tom Brady and Gronk. And the two touchdowns today put them firmly at number one. On the other side of the ball, Josh Allen, 26 of 39 for 186 yards, one touchdown. Um, He was actually their leading rusher as well. He had 12 carries for 72 yards and two touchdowns. James Cook uh, contributed 18 for 61 on the ground. And Ty Johnson had 7 for 40 as well. So they were getting production from the running games uh, a wee bit there. Buffalo uh, leading receiver, Khalil Shakir, 7 catches, 44 yards, 1 touchdown. Stefan Diggs went 3 for 21 and he did not have the best game. Dave, I'm going to put it to you first because, as I said, a load of talking points on this game. Um, I don't know if you want to cover anyone in particular, but the for me, the Bills going on fourth down, fake punt. I just I didn't like it. I thought it was a stupid call, giving the ball back to Mahomes. Ultimately, the call didn't hurt them because of what happened a couple of plays later, but. Um, that was the call that really stuck in my craw. Was there, was there anything else in this game that you thought, ah, just doesn't sit right? 
Yeah, I, I, I feel like uh, they just didn't get going for the entire game. Obviously, yeah, uh, like to what they needed to be. Um, we the game went exactly as we thought it was going to be. It was really close. It was just like last year. Um, you know, it, it was fantastic viewing. But at the same time, both teams were not at their best. Um, they had their moments. But I tell you what, when your wide receiver one has eight targets and only catches three of them, that's worrying. Um, uh, you know, they they could have they could have been uh, utilizing the running game a bit more. Obviously, they they had well, Josh Allen. You said it's seventy-two yards. He was their best rusher, but half of them were planned rushes, which was interesting to see that they put. You know, they 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 said in the last couple of years they need to protect their quarterback more. He needs to be sliding more. Um, but they're having planned quarterback draws constantly. So uh, that's a interesting take there, uh, interesting decision-making. Um, and, I, I mean, just to go back to the to the, the uh, fake punt, um, the logic behind it, I'm struggling with, uh, with the, what logic. Um, the only thing I can think is that if they do get it, it's a big lift to the team, big lift to motivation I, and morale. I, I don't have an issue. Yeah, I don't have an issue with them going for it on fourth down, but they didn't go for it. They tried no, a fake tried, punt to DeMar yeah. Hamlin, and you're thinking, you know, you've got Josh Allen, who's averaging seven yards a carry. You know, if you're going to do something, do that, or, or you know, attempt something. It was the same, and it was the same. Sorry, I'm talking... <laughs> talking mm. over you do and i was oh, I, promising yeah. myself i wasn't going to do this but when they got down with two, you know inside the two minute warning first down one yard rush second and nine now mm-hmm. they they must have known listen if we get the field goal and it's tied there's a minute and 40 seconds left for in the back Patrick of their mind Mahomes, yep. who you know the previous year had 13 seconds and got them into field goal range. Mm-hmm. Now, just seeing, just seeing, they then threw the ball twice and attempted, and both incomplete, and then attempted the field goal and they missed. Why would you not run your quarterback, who's been nigh on unstoppable in that situation? Jake, I'll, I'll get your opinion on this quickly. What do you think of that? The play calling by Buffalo because it there was just times when I was going, "What are you doing?" I think some of it has to go to Josh Allen as well. You said mentioned those two passes at the end. He had, I think it was Shakir underneath, or he had someone underneath well, wide I think open. It was Diggs. It was Diggs. Yeah, he had Diggs wide open underneath, and then threw it deep to Shakir, and obviously it fell incomplete. And I think he probably would have got a first down or very, very close to if he wouldn't. Obviously, the ball stays in play. uh, Clock keeps ticking. I'm pretty sure it was a first down. Completely different ball game. People were sending death threats to the kicker. I'm not being funny. Even if he scores that um, field goal, Mahomes would have still won the game. Uh, Buffalo and their absolutely battered um, defense weren't stopping the Chiefs, and they certainly weren't going to stop the Chiefs getting to the championship game. So... I don't think the, the, the anger should be at the kicker, despite wide right hurting in 91. No. And no. of course, it still hurts in 2024. Um, but with the Shakir and Diggs, and Diggs being the number one, I'm not so sure, because the last 10 games, which is pretty much 
the the run they've been on, and then obviously their offensive change. Mm-hmm. Shakir's actually had forty more yards than Diggs on less than half the targets. Shakir's had thirty-seven targets, four hundred sixty-two yards. Diggs has had eighty targets for four hundred twenty-two yards. I don't know what's going on. Um, if it's a Diggs problem, if it's an Allen problem, if it's an offensive problem, but there is a problem. I mean, that's what is that five and a bit yards. Per, per um, target for Diggs? Yeah. That's yeah, five. For, yeah. for Stefan Diggs, five yards per target, that's, that's not good enough. It's just what, um, not good enough. What week was the offensive coordinator fired? I would assume it was after the six and six. I, th- I think so. Because that's when they went on the run. So week 12, week 13, depending on the bye. Yeah, have you noticed that Diggs has not been productive at all since? Non-existent. Exactly. Yeah, since you know, as, as Jake said, he's had double the targets and like five mm-hmm. yards per target. But that's, the other thing is, I, this game shouldn't have been close. The, the right. Chiefs left, you know, 14, 17 points on the field there that they, they could have had. Uh, we, I, we already mentioned with the fake punt... Um, Chiefs got the ball. Two plays later, the ball goes to McCall Hardman, and he fumbles on the oh, one-inch yes. <laughs> line, and it goes out of the end zone. It's a touchback. That should have been a ten-point lead for the for the Chiefs at that point. Um, I don't blame you, Jake. I don't blame the kicker at all. That when you could you if you watch it, if you haven't seen it recently, rewatch it. He kicks it, and that ball just absolutely sky. The wind clearly clearly took mm-hmm. that ball and w- when you look at the the i don't know what they call them the, the fluttery bits on top of the pylons <laughs> the flag flags on top of the thank you that's a fluttery <laughs> thing on top flags, of a pylon there's a name yeah, for it just... it's a flag so when you look at the flags uh you know you know when they're getting set for kicking you can see the flags and they're, they're fluttering a bit as he's kicking it you clearly see them go the wind picks up as he's kicking it that's bad luck. I mean, it really is bad luck. I, 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 anyone who blames the kicker for the Bills not winning this game is, uh, I'm sorry, you're, you're an idiot. You're a moron. <laughs> yeah. Because even if, as you say, even if he'd made the kick, Mahomes has got a minute and 45. You've not been able to stop him the entire second half. And you think he, you, he can't get into field goal range in a minute 45? Where previously he did it in 13 seconds. I mean, come on. It's just, it's utterly, utterly bizarre that anybody would think if he'd made that field goal, we'd have won the game. No. I don't know. I agree. (laughs) I don't know. Do either of you guys have anything you want to add to this before we we go on to the NFC? Oh, yes. I've I've got a few things from this game. I mean, uh, it's a sixth straight title game for the Chiefs. They had eight plays over 20 yards, whereas... Alan uh, Jahan had no passes over 15 air yards, only two completed over 10. Um, you mentioned the fake punt, they had a missed fail goal, uh, punted on three and out after the fumble. Um, it's just kind of a mess. I mentioned that the Diggs and Shakir kind of stats, well, the only stats worse from this game were McCall Hardman's one catch for two yards, one carry for minus one yards, and two fumbles. He touched the ball twice, and he fumbled it twice, which is quite impressive. Um, you're not going to win many divisional rounds or many playoff games full stop if you get shut out in the fourth quarter. 
and kind of talking about the, the Mahomes and the Allen um, stats, the yards per pass, the Chiefs averaged 9.3, almost a first down every time they're passing the ball, whereas the Bills were averaging 4.8. So you kind of just notice in the, the gulf in the offenses. And, and maybe that has to do somewhat with how beat up the, the, the Buffalo defense is, I'm sure, but I think it talks volumes of the offense as well. Um, it does. And we've been all year, people have been saying, the problem with Kansas City, the problem with the Chiefs, is that uh, the receivers can't catch the ball. Or the, they haven't been catching the ball. We've seen it all year, a million drop passes. It's been, it's been painful. If you're, a, if you're a Chiefs fan, and I have friends who are Chiefs fans, uh, one in particular messages me <laughs> 20 times every Sunday going, what mm-hmm. happened there? What happened there? Another drop pass. It's It's been relentless. Um Josh Allen, you know, with the exception of Travis Kelsey, Josh Allen's got better weapons than Patrick Mahomes. We know this. And I think you're right. I think that the the Bills defense, a lot of injuries, they did. And it really showed because the Chiefs defense played well in this game. They did play well in this game. They nearly forced a, a turnover in the very first play. Uh, was it Diggs, I think, fumbled? And he got knocked out of yep. bounds? Like straight yep. away, first play of the game. Uh, and you think, grief, what's going on here? They, they just, the, the Bills did not look good. Um, the Chiefs did look good. And the Chiefs, in fact, in my opinion, looked very good indeed. Uh, and if they get any kind of play from their receivers, Valdez Scantling caught a pass. Did you see that? What, two? Two passes. My yeah, word. And they were, they were both big, big ones as well, if I remember. Yeah, they were uh, 30 seen, yards. Uh, Travis Kelsey, two touchdown passes. He looked, he looked pretty good as well. Um, yeah, fantastic. It was, it was a good game. And the Chiefs move on to play the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. But guys, we're going to move on to the NFC. And we start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Detroit Lions. This was a, the Sunday afternoon game. Ford Field in front of 66,201 fans who watched the Detroit Lions win this one by a score of 31-23. to 23. Um, Looking at some of the box scores here, we can see that Bacon Mayfield went 26-41, 349 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, rating at 94.5. He was sacked four times as well. Leading rusher, Rashad White, went nine for 55. So by his own high standards, not the best game. Um, uh, leading receiver, I mean, what can we say? Mike Evans, eight catches, 147, one, 147 yards, one touchdown. Key Dorton uh, went five for 65 and a touchdown. And Rashad White caught four for 36 and a touchdown as well. On the other side, Jared Goff, 30 of 43 for 287 yards, two touchdowns, no picks for a rating of 103.5. Leading rusher, Jameer Gibbs, uh, he rushed nine times for 74 yards and a touchdown. Craig Reynolds went one for one and a touchdown, so that was nice for him. Uh, leading receiver was uh, actually Sam Laporta, had nine catches in this game for 65 yards. But Amon Rasim Brown, eight for 77 and a touchdown. And Josh Reynolds had two for 27. And the touchdown, Jake McGee, the Lions, back-to-back playoff wins for the first time since a million years ago. Uh, they 57. To, what was that? 1957. 1957. They go to the NFC Championship game for the first time since 1991. 
playing the number one seed, 49ers, back in 1991. They played the number one seed, Washington Redskins, that got obliterated. Uh, they, they were called the Redskins at the time, so redacted, whatever you want to say. Um, they'll be hoping, though, with this team, that they can really uh, put the upset on some people. Because the 49ers are favourites in this game, but uh, the Detroit Lions, they looked very good in this game, despite the best efforts of Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans. Yeah, it's it quite reminiscent of the, the Texans game. It was 10 apiece, and then all of a sudden, they, they shifted into a different gear. Uh, three straight touchdown drives, uh, including the huge third and 15 completion. Uh, they had the fourth and goal touchdown from, from Reynolds, like you mentioned. I think that was the first touchdown of those drives as well. So going it for fourth and goal, um, converting it, and then all of a sudden, the touchdowns were rolling. Uh, the There were 23-31 um, one minute 59 left at a, t- a timeout and everyone on Twitter or X uh, was saying, okay, this is, this is Baker Mayfield's moment. This is going to define Baker Mayfield. He's had a great year. Can he lead the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to an improbable fourth quarter comeback, two minute qu- uh, comeback and almost immediately throws an inception and everyone was like, ah, that's, you, you live by, the, it felt, felt very James Winston. You, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And he went out, he went out swinging, um, for the Lions, it wasn't their best performance, but uh, good teams find a way to win, and like I say, they, they found that, that gear when they needed it. Um, Sam Laporta has been kind of banged up. He's their only active tight end, I believe, so they have picked up Zach Ertz um, for this week, which could be quite an interesting addition if he can get up to speed. He was injured earlier in the year with the Cardinals and then kind of replaced by McBride, so we'll see what he has left in the tank, um, but could be a good pickup for them. Like I say, they they got the job done, uh, and now they're they're on the road for the first time in the playoffs. It's it's bizarre to think that. I mean, the Detroit Lions they play well now over in, over in Tampa Bay, Dave. Um, couple of things. Mike Evans is still the man. He is mm-hmm. absolutely just Mister Consistency. It's ridiculous how good Mike Evans is. Baker Mayfield, he, he didn't play badly, but a couple of throws. Uh, and I, I, I can't remember if it was the second interception, just when you're like, oh, that was that was an absolute backbreaker for the Bucks. But there's rumblings, and I don't know if you've heard them, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might not be sold in Baker Mayfield, which I don't believe for a second. I'm seeing it on Twix, and I'm like, mm. no, that cannot be right. Baker Mayfield has done wonders for this organization uh i mean talk about an improvement of the quarterback position for the bucks it's been ridiculous uh give us your opinion dave you knew i was going to fit that in there give us your opinion dave uh on the game of course uh but then the tampa bay buccaneers moving forward because there's also rumors and i think it's to do with contracts mike evans might not be there this next year as well which would be in my opinion a travesty well, I've heard I've heard about the Mike Evans ones because um, there, there's a lot of people uh, that have been using I think well, uh, the the hashtag kind of hot takes and Mike Evans's name keeps being brought up as a trade target for numerous teams. The only people on uh, hot takes is Jake. Well, I think, yeah, I, I, Mike this, Evans, I think, is out of contract. So I I, I thought about <laughs> Dallas and Patrick nearly threw up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him either. That's a, oh, uh, that's oh god, no, not Dallas. 
No. Mike Gavin, let's let's all take a moment to appreciate that if Mike Evans is out of contract, becomes a free, if he becomes a free agent, if the Buccaneers are utterly insane and don't re-sign Mike Evans to a monster contract and he becomes a free agent, there is not a single team in the NFL that would pass up on that guy. It's not one. Quite a few at the Bucs are actually out of contract. Um, what there is that Antoine Winfield is uh, out of contract. I mean, he's no one's passing him be, up either. My no, that, that that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, he, he he is a very very good cornerback. I'd I'd put him definitely top ten in 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 my humble opinion. I think he's he's at Safety. top ten. Top ten DB, my my bad. I have a CB. It was a typo. <laughs> it's a verbal typo. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I I I mean, you know, they they're I think they're going to be moving on from Devin White, um, because he's lost out uh, on the depth chart. So there's quite a few little. There's going to be a good few changes in Tampa Bay, and I think it's going to, it's actually going to be kind of polar opposites of which way it's going to work out for them because if they move on from Baker and they get someone else in um, you know what you're getting with Baker you're getting a fairly a decent very good good quarterback that has literally lifted them this year uh, take them to a much better level than they were last year and uh, yeah I, I it, it to me it doesn't make sense uh, having Mike Evans leaving at the end of the year would be absolute stupidity and I, I would say make the case that Antoine Winfield as well leaving would be absolute stupidity. You're talking about like the, arguably the three cornerstones of that entire team. I mean, you, you yeah. could argue Winfield's their best defensive player. And I know they've got a lot of good defensive players. You could argue Winfield's the best player they have in that defense. And I don't think there's any argument that Mike Evans is the best player in their offense. No, none whatsoever. So, I mean, if you if they let those two guys go, what? That's insanity. Because I bet you Andy Reid will be sitting there going, we'll take Mike Evans. Well, mm-hmm. well, we could use him. We could use a, a, a consistent wide receiver. Yeah, because that's what we need. That's what the Chiefs need, 100%. Well, I, I, was, I was worried in this offseason that they were going to get D-hop. I'm glad they didn't. Mm. I'm really glad they didn't, because when he got the ball in Tennessee, he, he looked fantastic making those ridiculous sideline catches. Um, yeah. Could you imagine if we did that for Kansas City all year? Ah, get out of here. There was there was one rumor though uh, regarding a wide receiver. Just while I remember, that obviously it's not Buccaneers related. That uh, if one Mister Judy leaves the Broncos, that a top two top three likely landing spot would be Kansas City. Uh, I, I, I've got no... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just take him, I, have I, him. Take him. Doesn't bother me. See, I see that. <laughs> knowing that if he went to Kansas City, all of a sudden, he'd become like one of the yeah. best receivers in the NFL. Because that's what happened to ha- Broncos players. No, no, no. He would have 15 terrible games in the regular <laughs> season. 16 even. But or or he would have sixteen terrible weeks, but then two of them in that in the in that season, yeah. he would be MVP. Yeah, the, the two <laughs> games that they play happen. against the Broncos, yeah, because that's yes. what happens with ex-Broncos players. Anyway, we're not talking about the Broncos. We're not talking about that. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Jake, I'll get your opinion very quickly. The the, the 
the, the talking points about this Buccaneers team, just they beggar belief. And I don't know where this is coming from because you're talking about a team that's had, by all accounts, a successful season. You know, they get to the divisional uh, round of the playoffs. Yes, they lose the game. It's better than they did last year. And there are, there are, it sounds like it's more than just rumours that they're going to be clearing house. And I don't know how much of this is, is just contract related, but you're thinking, why? Surely, when you've, you've got, a, as Dave's mentioned, a good quarterback, he might not be the best quarterback of all time, Bacon Mayfield, but he is a good quarterback. And, you, you know, Mike Evans, the most consistent wide receiver over the last decade, and it's not even close. And then one of the best safeties, Antoine Winfield. What do you make of this apparent nonsense that's going on in Tampa Bay? Well, I think I had said earlier in the year, like they had so many players up for a contract at the end of it that this is kind of a strange, weird position they're in. And then to to win the South and end up in the playoffs, now it's a real decision of, you know, do you stick and twist? What what kind of goes on with these contracts? There'll be players, like Davidson mentioned, like White, who's getting paid a, a, a nice penny and fallen out of favour. That, that makes sense, but... You don't move on for Mike Evans. That's not a winning decision. Um, someone's going to pay Antoine Winfield, but whether it's them or not is another thing. It's probably not a great look for Baker that the OC, the offensive coordinator, has left. Mm. I think the massive advantage the Bucks had in the South this year was they had the best quarterback in the division and they weren't paying him like the best quarterback in the division. They're now at the decision of, do you stick with Baker and pay him market value which is going to be quite a bit or do you move on to a quarterback you think is better and pay them a lot or do you try and roll the dice again and get um, someone on a kind of Baker type contract this year uh, and try and run it back with with a nice little contract I mean they are going to be fascinating in terms of what they do Uh, certainly for kind of a playoff team you don't really worry about a rebuild or or oh, they'll be back next year. The books could be anything next year. They they could be in complete freefall with a new squad, or they could be you know they could load up and try and go for it again. I mean, it's the NFC South. You know, for me, I think everybody in the NFC South minus the Panthers believes they can win it because the division's that bad. <laughs> it's it's a think, very uh, sorry, sorry, Dave. So, so I, I all I was going to say was um, the. Some of the I've seen some of the rumors just now uh, about you know what what people think about the Baker situation, uh, and there was a couple suggesting what if they franchise tag him for a year if they were going to maybe mm. draft a QB. However, that franchise tag would cost the Bucks and earn Baker in that one year approximately thirty six point three million. Mm. So. They've got, I, I, yeah, I, that that would kind of be the going rate for a a, a Baker contract would be about thirty six million. So that that's an interesting one. Do you know what? I've, I've, I'm going to be honest here. I think Baker's worth that. Mm, I, I think Baker's worth thirty six. I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't pay Baker. It depends. It, it, no, it depends on the standard that you're kind of holding. What what you expect from our thirty six million dollar a year cut. Um, quarterback. There are I other mean, quarterbacks out there, uh, and I'm not mentioning any <laughs> names because we mention <laughs> them all the time. There are other quarterbacks out there making a lot more than 36 who are not as good as Baker Mayfield. Doesn't mean it's a good decision. Well, I know, but then the you know, five to thirty mil. That was that. That's the figure I'd be looking at. Listen, if I if if I'm if I'm the the GM of the Tampa Bay, and I can get 
if I say to Baker, listen, we might not pay you as much as, as somebody else in New Jersey, right? Even though we know you're better. But if we pay you this, we can afford to keep Mike Evans. I think Baker would take that. Remember, Baker got, I mean, he got absolutely screwed over twice. Screwed over by the Browns, screwed over by the Panthers. Panthers one wasn't as bad as the Browns one, but it was still, like, just jettisoned. You're like, what, what the the you Panthers doing? had him playing defensive end in the scout team. He got screwed by the Panthers too. Uh, yeah, it's just, Baker's had, Baker's had a rough ride of it. Now, I didn't really, I wasn't really a big fan of Baker Mayfield when he was at the Browns. Uh, two reasons. One, I hate the Browns. And two, mm. um, I didn't like those silly adverts he was in. Right. I don't like these adverts that aren't funny. You know the ones that try to be funny, but they're not State funny. Farm. The State, State Farm, Farm ones are year. not. Yeah. This this year's advert. Previously, they were funny. They were funny adverts. This year's been terrible. They're, they're, they're bad adverts. Just so stop it. And Patrick Holmes going, yeah, I don't care if it's a bad advert. I'm getting paid an extra $100 million a year for it. Great. Good for you. Um, but, so I didn't like Baker. But... He got screwed over so badly by the Browns. I thought, that's absolutely shocking. You would do that to anyone. But, hey, it's the Browns. And then he goes to uh, LA, as we know. Goes over to the Rams. Plays well, but we knew he wasn't... We knew Stafford was was the guy in LA. We knew he was Mm -hmm. coming back. That's absolutely fine. And then he goes to Carolina. Carolina on a rebuild. They get Baker, and they (laughs) treat him like garbage. Like, what are you doing? This is clearly the best quarterback you've had since Cam Newton 2015, 2016. This is the best quarterback you've had, and you're treating him like this. He gets jettisoned, goes to the Buccaneers, and plays absolutely fine. Do you know? Some of the games they lost were not Baker's fault. It's not like Baker was playing really badly. A couple of them... (laughs) Couple of them yeah, were uh, yeah. like, oh, okay, but but not predominantly. So I think I think they should hang on to Baker. I think they should pay him. Uh, maybe not the thirty. What did you say? Thirty-six million. I, I yeah, think he's worth it. Him. Do you know I'm sticking by it? I think Baker's worth no. that because I, I, I would be, uh, next I'll year's be contract. Long line stuff. Nah, next two. Uh, nah, come on. Two next, year. Two year. Fifty million. Next year's contracts. You reckon two years, 50 million is going to be for an average quarterback? You reckon that's what they're going to be getting? In terms of starting quarterback, that is what Baker is at best. He is uh, a start, he is an average quarterback. Well, uh, so. Yeah, I would say Baker's, yeah, yeah average to but, maybe just above average. Mm. I, yeah, I would put, I'd put Baker above average, actually, yeah, because there's, there's, a few if you offered me Baker or I don't know <laughs> no, I'm not going to say Daniel Jones good guy gets it in the neck every single week but you gave oh, me sure. Baker <laughs> over um, a Ritter I'm taking him you give me oh, yeah. Baker over Sam Howell I'm taking him you give me him over any of the three Titans quarterbacks I'm taking Baker <laughs> like, like seriously it doesn't matter which one all three you offer me Baker or all three, I'm still taking Baker. Jake, you know I'm right, don't you? I mean, that uh, that, that one, absolutely. You, you're <laughs> right on that one. Maybe that one, that one. Yeah. I'll, I'll allow that one. 
Uh, anyway, all, all, all I'm saying is, um, I don't know what the Bucks are doing. If any of this is true, if they're thinking of getting rid of Baker, Mike Evans, and Winfield, they might as well just throw in the towel. They, they, maybe, maybe they're like, ah, do you know what? It's only four years till Arch Manning comes out of college, so let's just like tank for four straight years and just keep trading those picks so that we are guaranteed when he comes out, we've got the top five picks in the draft. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Four, I, four years of tanking I, just I, to get that pick. Well, I mean, name me any other reason why the Bucks would get rid of Mike Evans. Give me one reason. It might not be their choice. Mike Evans has been a very, very uh, good service player for the Bucks. He he's, may want to now go get a ring. He's, he's what, 10 years a thousand plus. Okay, right. Mike Evans might turn around to his agent and say, "Look, I I like Tampa Bay. I love Florida. I love tax-free Florida. But you know, put me on the first flight to Dallas or wherever. Time to go chase a ring." Hey, if he loves tax-free no Florida, and say, hey, that's not cool. Maybe he should think about uh, Patrick's team over in Jacksonville. I said no. about Super Bowl. Now there would be. Hey, listen. <laughs> shots wow. fired. Shots fired. Fire. Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Trevor Lawrence would be licking his chops at that. He'd be. Ask me what stops the 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 Jaguars winning the Super Bowl with that team. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> just just ask me what what stops the, the Jacksonville Jaguars with that team winning the Super Bowl. Okay. Do you know what? I, I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask you, Jake, you tell me what's stopping that Jacksonville Jaguars team from winning the Super Bowl. Trent Bulky. Yeah, okay, and we know this. And we know because yeah. we've all spoken about it. But, I mean, you know, if, I'm just saying, if he wants to stay in Florida, there you go, there's Jacksonville. There's also Miami. But he's not that type of receiver. But maybe that's what they need. Maybe Miami need mm. that type of receiver. It's all well and good having Tidy Kill and Jalen Waddle streaking down, outrunning everyone for 60 yards. Maybe what they need is a big guy who can go up and make the tough catch on third down in double coverage. Because that's not what Jalen Waddle and Tidy Kill do. Maybe that's what they need. Sure. Big guy to go over the middle and you, you know, you throw it in anywhere within a six foot radius of him he's coming down with it as i say mike evans the, the man is, is literally what what is this his ninth his tenth consecutive season ten. 10 years he's been over a thousand yards receiving his his catch uh um percentage to targets is off the charts this guy is one of the most consistent in fact he may be the most consistent wide receiver that has ever been in the nfl the numbers really don't lie. And he has played with some not great quarterbacks. You know? He played with a very, very erratic Jameis Winston. I love Jameis. You know I do, Jake. But consistency is not his forte. And I think he it is. <laughs> it's consistently inconsistent. Consistently inconsistent. <laughs> and he played with, you know, I mean, good grief. He played with Tom Brady. <laughs> what does that tell you? Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> Playing Gabbert. Well, okay, so I, you know, better than Brady, but still and all, playing Gabbert. <laughs> Good grief. Come on, people. Anyway, we're spending a lot of time talking with the Bucks here. Do you apologize to all our listeners? The Lions are the ones who won this game. 
and they looked really good. And guess where they're going? They are travelling to San Francisco. And the reason they're travelling to San Francisco <laughs> is because the 49ers are playing host to the Green Bay Packers at Levi's Stadium for 71,824 fans. This was the Saturday night game. And the 49ers come away with a 24-21 victory over the Packers. A couple of things from the box score here. Jordan Love was 21 of 34 for 194 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, rating him 72.4. Aiden Jones had himself a nice game on the ground, 18 carries for 108 yards. Emmanuel Wilson threw in for a uh, four for 16. Leading receiver uh, was Romeo Dobbs. No surprise, he said four for 83 yards. Uh, Bo Melton had one for 19 in the touchdown. And Tucker Craft had three for nine and a touchdown. On the other side of the ball, Brock Purdy, 23 of 39, 252 yards, one touchdown, 86.7 rating. Christian McCaffrey on the ground, 17 for 98, two touchdowns. Lee, he was also the leading receiver with seven for 30, although uh, yardage-wise, it was George Kittle who went four for 81 and a touchdown. Let's not kid ourselves on here, guys. This was arguably Brock Purdy's worst game as a 49er. But, but, they win the game. He did make some nice throws, but he made some really bad ones as well. Um... I forget who's first. Dave, is it you first? Are you two well, first? Well, uh, you, I, it's been so other. long. I, I forget. Six or one <laughs> half doesn't have the other. Dave, yeah. we'll, go, we'll go over to you first. 49ers, Packers, what did you make of this game? I mean, if there's a lucky team, <laughs> then it's the 49ers. Because from what I... In, in this game, I should say. Uh, because Brock Purdy should have had at least four picks. At least four picks, if not five, even potentially six, if there was like a wonder catch from one of the DBs. But um, yeah, look, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle pulling pulling them through. Um, Jordan Love did not have a good game whatsoever. Jordan, this was this is arguably one of Jordan Love's worst games as a Green Bay Packer. Um, but you know, Aaron Jones kept the offense going. Romeo Dobbs had a couple very good catches. Um, and, you know, both defences uh, were keeping their teams right in it, including the 49ers defence especially, because Jordan Love was picked twice in the game. Uh, so, yeah, the 49ers sadly won this game, um, and Dre Greenlaw just seemed to be everywhere. Uh, it, it was, and yet, obviously, two and two picks for Dre Greenlaw. Uh, he had, a, on, I think it was the second pick, he had a really... A few questionable decisions because he started running about like <laughs> no. chicken. I was like, just get but down, man. What are you doing? Him, get down. And he still wouldn't go down. And then it was only when he realized he was surrounded by about six Packers defenders that he finally went down. So, um, yeah, uh, I, it was a weird game. I, I think you can really say that. It was not what it was. It was close because that's what we expected it to be. Uh, but. It, it, neither team were even close to second gear. You know, expect, well, neither quarterback was anyway. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think it was one of Brock Perry's worst as a 49er. I think it was exact same for Jordan Love. Um, but, you know, like Jake said, uh, good teams find a way to win. Unfortunately, the good team didn't win. Uh, and yeah, it, the 49ers march on, which uh, I'm not bitter about whatsoever. 
Neither you should be. Now, Jake, I'm going to get, get your thing on Jordan Love here because um, I don't know if you saw the week before. So there was a game against Dallas uh, that the Packers won and somebody had put on Twix a video of Jordan Love's touchdown pass, the, the, the 10-yard arm, but he's off his back foot throwing it and compared it to Aaron Rodgers against the Cowboys from like two years before. And the play, the, the play it's, it's clearly the same play. But the the motion of Love and Rogers looked absolutely identical. As we've said, there's been times when he just looks exactly like Aaron Rodgers. But that final interception was basically mm. Brett Favre <laughs> against the Saints when Favre was a Viking. It was. it was. I mean, it was, wasn't it? As soon as he threw oh, the ball, I was like, wow, this is awfully familiar. <laughs> and even from where uh, Greenlaw came in for the interception, I was like, basically Tracy Porter, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, what, what did you think of this? Yeah, my, my first note was on this, farved it, absolutely farved it. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was a carbon copy. Uh, my next note was WTF. Dre Greenlaw, what are you doing? And even yeah. afterwards, I mean, I know they won the game and it's good spirit going to the championship game. And Fred Warner was at the stand there asking Fred Warner, like, what was Dre Greenlaw doing? And he's like, I don't know. I was telling <laughs> him to go down, but could, pre-game apparently... You could, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, you could hear the 49ers players because there's audio yeah. and they're all screaming at him and he's running and then everyone is just screaming get down this is like the Chargers Patriots just sit down what are you doing it was bizarre yeah I mean I've had issues with Drake Greenlaw and his kind of character and how he holds himself but even then like he went to the stand and he's laughing and joking about it like oh I Everyone was going to get pick six, and I was going to get my pick six, and I was living my best life. It's like, N- you're being an idiot. You've got a trip to the NFC Championship on the line, and you're willing to throw away an entire season's of work that you were jokingly going to get pick six. I, I would be fuming. I hope, and I bet, in the uh, film room this week, he got absolutely torn to shreds. I mean, as stupid uh, a decision as that throw was. Um, for, the, for the Niners, though, on the positives, uh, three straight championship games for them. Um, so they're kind of having a, a Chiefs-esque run on the NFC. I think we've all kind of said that it was far from perfect from Purdy. In the end, he, he came through, but like Dave said, I mean, I really feel like the Packers should have won this game between the, the multiple dropped picks, the awful red zone efficiency, and they, f- they failed fourth and inches when you've got Aaron Jones. I mean... They went two oh, or five yeah. in the red zone. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're just not going to get it done in a championship game. And to be the on the bad end of this stat, where well, Carl Shanahan was zero and thirty uh, when they trailed by five or more into the fourth <laughs> quarter. Well, he's now one and thirty. So that's the not a great stat. time to be part of that stat. <laughs> um, and the kicker, I've really I said about the, the Bills kicker. Don't blame the kicker. It's not the kicker's fault. I'm not sure you blame the kicker for the Packers. I think you blame. Th- who drafted him and I think you blame the coach who openly says anytime his kicker goes on field he prays to God and his college stats aren't great and his pro stats aren't I don't know how this guy's a kicker besides the fact that his brother is Daniel Carson um, he's 8 for 14 over 40 yards he's had a long of 53 he's sorry, missed 6 did you say, extra I'm points sorry did you say 8 for 14 over 40 over 40 I thought you were going to say over 50 is <laughs> Yeah, it's well. His best is for fifty-three. I, I don't know. He missed six extra points. I, 
I don't know how this guy's a kicker, um, other than the fact that his brother is a good kicker. Because um, even his college stats, people were pulling up his college stats saying, how did this guy get drafted? He wasn't even like, they, they found him on the street and said, oh, your brother's a good kicker, you'll be good. They, they drafted this guy. Uh, and if your head coach is going out beforehand and they're saying, you know, what happens if it comes to a kick? And he's like, I'm, I'm going to pray. I have that little faith in my kicker. I'm going to turn to God. Um, <laughs> that's That probably doesn't help your kicker, in, in all honesty. But the only other note I had for this game, and it could be very key going into to the next game, is the 49ers without Debo was a huge miss. Yeah. Um, and he's not training and not 100% sure if he's going to go in the championship game. So it could be a huge miss for them. And it really felt like the game plan was around him. And when he went out, they didn't really know how to adjust. It was like, well, we're going to still try and play as if he's here, but you, you can't really replace a Debo. Uh, no, you can't. Uh, now we know we know that the Fortniteers have got some great weapons. We know this. They've got Ayuk and they've got McCaffrey and they've got Kittle, and you know that's great. But clearly, you're absolutely right. When Debo went out, everything changed, and they were like, "Oh, hang on, what's going on here?" Um, I think they'll probably have the wherewithal to turn that around with a week's prep. If they if they know he's not playing, then they can draft up a game plan to not have Debo there, but he is such a vital part of that offense. Um, Dave, did you have someone you were going to say about the the, the kicker there? The <laughs> well, Jake, Packers? Jake, Jake was already... Yeah, Jake, Jake was already kind of... Uh, he started talking about the kicker, but before he had even started speaking, I had, I had screenshotted, uh, just I think it was on Monday, um, his college stats, and then Jake started talking about his college stats. I was like, "That's pretty weird," but uh, you know, great minds think alike. But in his in the year before he got drafted, uh, he is he was twelve of seventeen in, in his on his field goal tries uh, for seventy point six percent. He hadn't that that was in twenty twenty two. He hadn't made a field goal uh, of fifty yards or more since twenty twenty. So he was 0-4, 50-plus yards, and uh, the two that he got that year were both exactly 50 yards. Um, did make one past 53 yards, and um, yeah, it, 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 I'm looking at his stats, and they're just, they're not kind of, they're, they're kind of maybe practice squad kicker stats. You know, you, you can uh, push the, the number one kicker uh, for a spot if you have a good few sessions, things like that. But to draft him? No, absolutely not. But, but see, what gets me is that every I, I I refuse to believe that it's only the three of us in the entire world who values a good kicker. I, I'm sure NFL scouts and NFL coaches were like, "Do you know what we need? We need a good, reliable kicker, automatic from you know inside forty, like automatic." Yeah, we're like 40 Matt to 50, Gay. we're looking for a minimum 88%. 50 and over, that's tough. You know, you, you appreciate If someone misses a 54-yard field goal, hey, that's a long field goal. Anything can happen. It's much more likely to get blocked, much more likely to get taken by any kind of wind, gusts, anything like that. We understand that. But when you... I mean, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. And I know people say, oh, your special teams, this and that, actually a third of the game. And I, Do you know what? Traditionally, and when I say traditionally, I mean through the entire history of this sport, teams that have really good kickers 
tend to do well. And you know why? Because how many times does a game come down to a last minute or last second field goal? It's it's all the time. And teams that have good so, sorry, Dave. I, I was I, just going to say he he was he was good. He's he's missed five extra points this year as well. So there you go. Five extra points. So when you look when you look at the kickers who left in the NFL, Harrison Harrison Butker is one of the most consistent kickers in the league. And you've got, of course, the man, your man in Baltimore, and Tucker. Okay. I, I don't think it's any coincidence that arguably the two best kickers in the entire AFC are in the AFC Championship game. Now, I'm not saying that if you've got a good kicker, you'll win 15 games a season. and Of course not. That would be ridiculous. But how many games have we seen, where, where teams have we seen that... Oh, the average margin of loss was two points, three points. They're losing every game by one, two, and three points. Uh, and then you look at the stats, go, oh, well, the kicker made 60% of his kicks over 40 yards. Well, uh, hang on a second. I think I've just figured out why they're losing all those really close games. And it's just bizarre to me because I, I, I'm convinced, I'm utterly convinced that there's got to be kickers then in college who can, you know, coming out of college, I mean, who can kick from, you know, over, what was it, 8 of 14, over 40 yards? Well, Robbie Gould is currently unemployed and has never missed in the postseason. Robbie Gould! The man who, when he left um, Chicago, wasn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. When the Bears got rid of Robbie Gould, and ever since then, the Bears have not been able to get that kicker sorted out, and Robbie Gould is still sitting there going, still here? Mm-hmm. Still here? For, he you think he can't eight. kick anymore? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, exactly. Dave. Exactly. Yeah, well, so I was just saying, Carlson was 4 of 8 this year, um, from 40 to 49, and he's 34 of 39 for extra points. Five extra points. Even if those extra points are, are, you know, oh, there's been a holding penalty 10 yards. It's still not like a really long kick. Mm-hmm. It's the kicks that these guys do in their sleep. I mean, what's going on with kickers? I don't get it. I just, I just don't understand it. And you, you look at teams, uh, as I say, like, um, okay, perfect example when i said having a good kicker doesn't guarantee 15 wins right young hoku over in atlanta right yeah one of the most accurate kickers in the history of the nfl throughout his career he's constantly banging in field goals it doesn't necessarily trans you're not going to win if you just have a good kicker but having a good kicker makes all the difference to a good team because when two good teams come up against each other how often does it come down to a last-second, last-minute field goal? I'm not seeing Tyler Bass is not a good kicker, not blaming the kicker for the Bills' loss. Just seeing that. Just seeing that. But, you know, in a vacuum, I'd take Harrison Butker over Tyler Bass. Oh, and yeah. and that, that makes a difference. I, I, I honestly believe that. And when you saw how, um, you know, the, the Cowboys last year, Brett Maher missing four, was it four extra points? In that game mm. against the Buccaneers last year. And then he gets a job, another job somewhere else, and then misses an extra point. You're going, 
Yeah. You're going, huh? Who signed this guy? Yeah, who? what, what stupid what team would sign Brent Maher? Who would possibly I think, do that? Did the Broncos not sign him initially and then like got rid of him? And then the Rams picked him up. <laughs> You're like, yeah. You know. The next ne- next year, you know where he's going. <laughs> you know who he's signing for. He's going to be in New Orleans. Who da? Who da? <laughs> <laughs> Telling you, man. Listen, I, I, I sort of laughed and joked about Will Lutz coming over from, from New Orleans because I was like, oh, he's going to be rubbish because he's with the Broncos. He's going to be terrible. Hey, Will Lutz made some big time kicks for us. Some big oh, okay. time kicks for us. He really did. Missed a couple that he probably shouldn't have, but he made some some huge kicks for the Broncos this year. And and a couple of those were the difference between wins and losses. You know, that's one he missed against Buffalo, and then there was a penalty. Yeah. Then he got it in. It's it's just the, these things happen. These things happen. I get it. You know. But anyway, I'm waffling, so I do apologize, gentlemen. That wraps up our uh, championship game, uh, our, our no. divisional round uh, yeah. recap. Can now we get it? Uh, listen, I'm I'm really tired. <laughs> I'm, so I've, had, I've had the longest day of all time. It's been so long, it really has. Anyway, <laughs> you don't hear my sob stories. In the <laughs> gentlemen, it is championship weekend coming up. Mm. Four teams, the semi-finals, vying for the right to go to the Super Bowl, we're going to do our championship game preview. And we start in the AFC, where the Baltimore Ravens are playing host to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I am predicting the Kansas City Chiefs to win. I am. I I just think they will. And I've got the Chiefs, even though in my act, my official pickums, I have the Ravens going to the Super Bowl. There's something, now that I've got a microphone in front of me, something telling me the Chiefs are going to pull this off and go to the Super Bowl again. And I've got them winning in a low-scoring affair, 19-17. to 17. Jake McGee, what have you got? Well, I have the Ravens winning my pickums, and when I tell you my random stats, you'll also believe the Ravens will win. Um, so I do have them winning. I have them winning very tightly, twenty-four to twenty-one. Maybe coming down to a Justin Tucker field goal. Wow, um, I hummed and just could not come to decision, but got to be made. I'm picking the Chiefs. I'm picking the Chiefs, and it's just because, it's not because of Patrick Mahomes, it's because of Steve Spagnoli and the Chiefs' defense. Because that defense, what I witnessed, especially against the Bills, that, uh, the, the, two, the two defenses are the best uh, in the league, I'm convinced. Even better than the 49ers defense, I'm convinced now. It's, it's mostly the, the DBs, uh, less... Um, Legereus need. <laughs> yeah, Les need is a bit closer to the Rams. Uh, Legereus need, I think, right now is uh, the best uh, DB still in it. I, I genuinely believe that, and I think it's going to be very close. I'm going to go for a twenty to nineteen win for the Chiefs. Harrison Butker to kick the winner. Wow! So we're all going for a close game. 
Oh, you know, yeah. You it's know what this means? Cold. One of them's going to go 56 to nothing or something. I'm like, oh, I'm very good. Um, over to the NFC, San Francisco 49ers taking on the Detroit Lions. Now, I've picked the Lions the last two weeks, and they've done me proud. Back-to-back wins. I just don't see them doing it in San Francisco. I think the 49ers' defense is just too good for them. And even without Debo, I think the 49ers will prevail. But because Debo's not there, well, I think Debo's not going to be there. So I'm lowering my score expectations. 24-22 to the 49ers. I just don't know if I can trust the Detroit Lions defense. Aaron Glenn um, had a much better week uh, this week, and the Lions had a much better week, but I just can't see them holding up against the 49ers. And I think the the storybook run sadly comes to an end, and I've got the, the 49ers winning in a bit of a shootout, 35-28. to 28. I That'd be a good think, game. Look yeah, it would be. I, I think this is all going to come down to the efficiency of the 49ers run game if I'm being honest and the Lions are not fantastic against the run um, I, I want every fiber of my being to pick the Lions and have conviction in it but I just can't uh, I'm, I'm picking the 49ers uh, which is which really pains me uh, I'm going to say it's going to be a close one though 27-24 uh, for the Niners but I, I think it's going to be Christian McCaffrey uh, to just nail them uh, into that Super Bowl now, we've got our picks. We've taken our picks to the championship games. I'm going I'm gonna to get a, a scenario of what you think is more likely. Of the four teams, which of those teams are you like, that's the one team that I would pick over the others to make the Super Bowl out of those four? Do you think the 49ers are more likely? So, Dave, are the 49ers more likely to beat the Lions or are the Chiefs more likely to beat the Ravens? Jake, same to you. 49ers more likely or Ravens more likely? What do you reckon? Uh, Niners, because I think the Li- the Lions can either be great or very questionable at times. Uh, so definitely the 49ers, because they have been, annoyingly, the most consistent team in the NFC, I would say. So, um yeah, the, the Niners pretty much hands down. I think because you just don't know what's going to happen in Ravens, Ravens Chiefs game. Uh, you, you, the Forty Niners are a lot bigger favourites uh, than the, anyone in the AFC game. Uh, Jake, same question. Uh, I will tell you it's the Ravens, and I will explain why in our final segment of random stats. <laughs> well, that's a nice wee segue. Uh, hey. Lovely segue, Jake. I love it. Uh, which leads us on to our last segment, which is, of course, as Jake has already mentioned, random, random stats. stats. Random stats. Jake McGee, you've teased it twice now. Why don't you start off with your random stat and tell us why the Baltimore Ravens are the most likely team to make it to the Super Bowl out of all four? Go for it. Not a problem. It's a two for one. So the 2023 Ravens have 11 wins against teams who are plus 500 or better this season, including the playoffs. The teams with more were the 2004 Patriots, the 2006 Colts, who each had 12. Guess what? They each won the Super Bowl that season. And the second part of this stat is that the 2023 Ravens had eight wins of 14 points or more against teams that finished the season with a winning record, 
no other team in NFL history has had more than five wins of 14 or more points versus teams with a winning record. The Ravens are the anti-Dolphins, the anti-Cowboys. They turn up, <laughs> and they turn up even more when they're playing a good team. So it's a case of, you know, people say, who have you beaten? The Ravens are like, everybody. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Anybody. Anybody. Just whoever comes in front of us, we beat them. Winning records, losing records, we don't care. Love, great statue, love it. Love it. Um, I'll go next. Dave, you can finish this off. Uh, my random stat actually concerns Jeff Ford mentioned San Francisco 49ers. Um, and the reason being that... Now, we've heard all about the Chiefs having made uh, six... Is it six or seven? I forget. Six straight championship games. Is it six? I have it not 18, down. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Six, six straight... Uh, championship games well in a way the 49ers have done better than that they've obviously not made six straight right okay so get that out of the way as in six years running however the last seven times that the 49ers have actually made the playoffs they've made the conference championship they made it this year they lost it last year, and they lost it in 2021. So there's just be three consecutive conference championship games. They didn't make the playoffs in 2020, but in 2019, they lost the Super Bowl. In 2013, which is the last time they made the playoffs before that, they lost the conference championship. 2012, they lost the Super Bowl. 2011, they lost the conference championship. So it's almost like every time the 49ers make the playoffs, even though it's not every year in a row, they get to the championship game. This is the 49ers' 17th conference championship game in franchise history. That is a record. It's ridiculous. Um, now, this actually happened again in the 90s, 80s and 90s. Uh, in 1988, they won the Super Bowl. In 89, they won the Super Bowl. In 90, they lost the conference championship. Didn't make the playoffs in 91, despite having a 10-6 and six record. Uh, in 92, they lost conference championship. 93, lost conference championship. 1994, won the Super Bowl. So six times in a row that they'd made the playoffs, they went to the conference championship game. There's just something about the 49ers. When they get to the playoffs, whether or not they're a wildcard team, or if they get a bye, they make it to the conference championships. Uh, but yeah, this is their seventh consecutive time making the playoffs and making the conference championship. That's my random stat. I would say I like it, but um, <laughs> well, I know you don't like the 49ers. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, any insert any other team's name in there. I would say that's a great stat. I love it, but uh, yeah, I don't know if Jake Jake would like to make any comments on it that are not as biased as mine. Yeah, it just shows they're consistent. Like you know, says if they if they get to the dance, they they don't mess about. It's it's like I don't know if you guys watch the Rich Eisen show at all. But Rich Eisen had said, like, in a couple of weeks, like, leading up to the playoffs, he says, you know, don't let the Bills in, because the Bills can be dangerous. Uh, I think the 49ers are actually the epitome of don't let them into the playoffs, because if they get there, you know they're going to win games. Just somehow, some way, some flukes, some bizarre way, they're going to make at least the conference championship. And if they make the Super Bowl, that'll be, what, their eighth, ninth? 
ninth Super Bowl trip. My word. Well, we don't want that to happen. Um, but okay, so I, 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 you know, every week I have uh, one, one random stat and then my backup random stat just in case we have a crossovers, uh, which has happened most particularly to me more than once. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've, I've gone a bit different than you guys. Um, so I, I've been looking at the, um, the wide receivers uh, of the year, of this year, um, and a stat came up on PFR. Um, about the lowest drop rate in the NFL since 2022. That's uh, over the last few seasons. Um, and there are three wide receivers. This is with a minimum of 180 targets, 180 targets. Okay. Now, the top three are all under 3% of drop rates. Now, that, that's, that's brilliant. That is the top tier of the top tier. Um, so coming in at third on 2.9%. Someone that we've spoken about quite a lot this year is Keenan Allen. Big miss to the Chargers. Coming in at second is not someone I would have thought was anywhere near this. And on 2.6%, and arguably what with some of the worst quarterbacks have been thrown to him, George Pickens. As one as a second lowest drop rate since 2022. Now that's quite impressive in itself. But who would we say is probably quite potentially the best wide receiver since 2022? Justin Jefferson, 2.1 percent of 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 a drop rate. And I think that goes. I, I mean, I said it before. Justin Jefferson, he was going. He was going. Uh, he could quite possibly be. Or just completely revamp the wide receiver salary market, and I'm, I stand by that. And I think, uh, I think that is going to happen. Um, but yeah, the, so two point one percent drop rate in in the last few years for Justin Jefferson, which is to me just absolutely absurd and ridiculous. Um, so big shout out to Justin Jefferson there. And I was going to say that um, the my backup random stat that uh, the most First team all pros by defensive players. We have four that have eight. Eight first team all pros. Now, Nielsa, can you, how many can you name? Do you reckon? Uh, I'm going to throw out some guesses here. Um, Lawrence Taylor? Correct. Reggie White? Yes. Bruce Smith? That's two, three. Um, There's one more on that list. Is Aaron it, Donald. Is it your man, Aaron Donald? <laughs> it is Aaron Donald. See, he joined it's, <clears throat> this year. Wait, yeah. It's, 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 he, now, the, the thing is, though, Bruce, Bruce Smith made uh, eight uh, first-team All-Pros in 19 years. Now, Reggie White had eight in 15 years. Lawrence Taylor, eight in 13 years. Aaron Donald has made eight in 10 years. Years. The only years he did not make it were his rookie year and the year that he was injured very in the first few weeks and didn't play much for the. Uh, I think he might come back at the end, but that was it. Every single year, first All Pro. That, that, that's it's. I mean, it says a lot. The Rams need to do everything they can to convince him not to retire if he's thinking about it at all, and to just make him the highest paid. A defensive lineman I mean, in the entire league. I mean, Aaron Donald, when Aaron Donald retires, if he retires this year, 
or in another five years. It doesn't matter. He's going to go down as probably a top five defensive player of all time at any position. Mm, and, and that's okay. yeah. that's seeing. I mean, that's ridiculous. You know, you could argue he is maybe the greatest defensive tackle of all time. You know, and I don't think many folk would argue with you if you said that. I think it's been a long. It, it's been you're talking like um, fifteen to twenty years since a, a defensive tackle has been able to rival him. I mean, one that pops straight into my head yeah, is one Warren Sapp. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, one of my random stats just a couple, a few weeks ago was that mm-hmm. the fact that Aaron Donald was the first defensive tackle to lead the lead in sacks since, since uh, and I forget who it was, Jake, I do apologise, was a Saints player, um, you know, the first guy in, in 15 years to lead the league in sacks, a defensive tackle, that is. But mm-hmm. when he retires, he is going to be mentioned in when you have your all-time greatest team. Aaron Donald is going to be mentioned alongside guys like Reggie White, guys like yep. Lawrence Taylor, guys like mean Bruce Joe Smith, Mean yeah. Joe Green. The, you know, the all time, when you think of cornerbacks, guys like Dion Sanders and Rod Woodson and Champ Bailey and Ronnie Lott as a safety and, you know, inside linebackers like Ray Lewis and Jack Lambert and Randy Gradichard, who should be in the Hall of Fame, just saying. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but no, Aaron Donald's absolutely, he's... He's one of the greatest defense, and he will. And when folk just ranks him, regardless of position, I mean, he's definitely top five. Yeah. And now, when I say top five, I don't mean he's fifth, because you interchange who you have a number one, and I've got no issues. Most people will say Lawrence Taylor's the greatest defensive player of all time. I get that. Um, but if you wanted to put Aaron Donald there. Yeah, I might argue. But if you said number two, possibly. Personally, I'd go Reggie White. But then Aaron Donald's there. And then guys, I mean, as I yeah, say, he... like Bruce Smith and Jack Lambert. So the top five is interchangeable in my mind. So when I say top five, I don't mean he's fifth. Because you could put him anywhere. I'd probably still go Lawrence Taylor number one. So anywhere between two and five, I'd, I'd put uh, Aaron Donald. Because there's also, there's also another Rams legend, Deacon Jones. Mm. who, I mean, how do you leave him out of your top five? The guy was just uh, literally unblockable for a decade. Um, I'd, I'd, make the, I'd make the case that he was ahead of his time. Oh, Deacon, I, I, oh, Deacon Jones I think was he, was, decades. he was so much more ath- athletic that was, uh, than the people that were attempting to stop him. <laughs> and it was yeah, just, it I mean, wasn't a thing. Th- there, was, there was a sort of, I, I, used to, I used to watch old videos, uh, NFL um, vid- well, when I say I used to watch old videos I don't mean on YouTube I mean like VHS tapes old videos <laughs> that were then old uh, and they were talking about guys like Deacon Jones and they were talking about guys like Jack Lambert and they were talking about like Mean Joe Green and it was these players and when you watched them play you then realise where the mystique comes from where the legend comes from because they were unstoppable in fact, there was, a, there was a guy in the 60s, not many people know him, um, because the Broncos were garbage from the late 60s, 70s, um, by the name of Tombstone Jackson. I mean, Tombstone Jackson. He doesn't get much better than that. And he was unbelievable. Just an incredible player. Um, and then, of course, hey, Jake, 
you're in New Orleans, Saints. I was actually going to use this as a um, a random stat, and I I I don't I couldn't remember if I'd used it already, and I decided not to. Use, I'm I'm going to give you this just now. In 1990, I think it was. It could be 91, but I think. Oh, hang on, maybe 91. The New Orleans Saints had all four linebackers make the Pro Bowl. The Dome Patrol. The Dome Patrol. You had Pat Swelling, Ricky Jackson, Sam Mills, and the other guy. Who was the other guy? Vaughn Johnson. Vaughn Johnson. All four guys, all four linebackers from one team made the Pro Bowl. And this was back when the Pro Bowl used to mean something. When it wasn't just a popularity contest. This was back when the Saints' defense was to be feared, and it was the Dome Patrol, the four four linebackers, and they were they were sensational to the best of my. That was the first time that's only happened that's ever happened. I assume it's still the only time that has ever happened that one team has sent four linebackers to the Pro Bowl. It was either nineteen ninety or nineteen ninety one. I forget what year it was. Uh, I'm assuming 90 because in 91 the Eagles were just ridiculous defensively, so they might have had a linebacker there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at some of these players from back in the day, and it's funny because you get you get guys who may have been watching the NFL for a couple of years or five years or something like that, and they don't realize the dominance of players. And not even when I say back in the day, not even like the 70s, see the 90s. They don't realize the dominance. I was uh, actually saw a stat. And it was talking about uh, the most rushing yards in a season, including the playoffs. Terrell Davis, number one and two. <laughs> because because Terrell, and, and Terrell Davis will never be mentioned in the same names as guys like Walter Payton, guys like Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith. It'll, he'll never, ever be mentioned in those teams because he played seven years but Mm. he was the most dominant running back in the league when Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders were still playing and people forget this Terrell Davis had just he was the most productive running back in the NFL over a short period of time and if it hadn't been for just Brian Greasy throwing that interception and then Terrell Davis trying to make a tackle and blowing out his MCL or whatever it was. Nah, just, it annoys me. Anyway, sorry guys, I'm way off topic. Oh my word. What happened there? What happened? I got way off topic. Sorry. It's not I like apologize. us. <laughs> I know, random stuff. Like like two weeks in a row. <laughs> two weeks in a row. Patrick will be sitting going, what is going on here? What are these guys talking about? Apologies, Patrick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about this. Um, anyway. yeah, sorry, sorry about the dig at the Jags earlier. Uh, as well. you I don't think that was not. me. That that was that wasn't me. That was Jake. You're not. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> it's, it's, I just I, I felt a bit weird being on the moral high ground, so I thought a little sarcastic sorry I, to bring back it back down to my level before I got too lightheaded. This is why I can't go to Denver because of the, <laughs> the, the thin air. <laughs> yeah. Hey, altitude sickness is a real thing. Just saying. Um, Guess what, guys? This is episode 96 of the podcast. 
How have we not been cancelled? Or how, how have I not been cancelled yet? <laughs> Don't mind we. How have I not been cancelled yet? Don't worry, me and Jake will cancel you. Alright, okay. I'll be right. messaging you next week saying after, you're not you're After not 100, we're like, that's it. We're we, re-evaluated. We, re- <laughs> we, we need to talk. <laughs> we need gonna, to have the talk. You might become a free agent <laughs> after episode 100. Wow. Okay, wow. I see. see. See? See what's happened there? Um, yeah. It's episode 96 podcast we are closing in on the 100th extravaganza the 100th episode extravaganza it's going to be fantastic do not miss that we've got some very very and when i say very i mean very special guests joining us for the 100th episode um but we've got the championship games to look forward to cannot wait for that and then we've got a week off uh you might be wondering why we've not spoken about the coaching changes that's been going on around the league we're basically saving it up for next week because you know we've got four games to talk about next week we've got two games to talk about and then we've got a week off and we'll cover all of the news over the next two weeks regarding the uh, entire coaching carousel and you know uh players being trade talks and all that kind of stuff as well as looking forward to the super bowl itself uh before we go jake mcgee did you have uh, anything that did i miss anything have I missed anything at all that uh, we should be talking about? I know there was only four games, but I wasn't sure if you wanted to do uh, the uh, Winterfell Player Awards. Oh my word, I missed out the Winterfell Player Awards. Good grief. Player of the Week Awards. That's absolutely shocking. Um, I hope that I, um, you guys are suitably as ashamed of yourselves as I am um, for, for no, getting I, I just let you go. But I, yeah. I kept a minute a lot of it. You're in the groove, I'll let you go, and we'll circle back to it. Uh, and, and, and we have done. Um, so, Jake McGee, who is your offensive player of the week for the divisional round of the playoffs? I gave it to MVP. Uh, stats on the in terms of throwing may not look all that spectacular. 16 of 22 for 152 yards and two touchdowns, but his 11 rushes for 100 yards, two touchdowns. His overall command of the offense, uh, I gave it to MVP. Yeah. Um, no argument there. I was I was tempted to go for Mahomes, but Jacks, as you say, the, the, the 100 yards, two touchdowns. Jackson had an absolutely incredible game, so no arguments there. Dave, do you argue with Lamar Jackson for the Offensive Player of the Week? I mean, it's hard to argue uh, with what Lamar was able to do. I, I have actually given it to Patrick Mahomes uh, just because he did it. He, d- he did it uh, at the exact time that they, they needed something. They needed to go overcome the Bills. They were away from home, you know, for first road game, and he overcame it. Even though you know you could make the uh, arguments about what happened in the game. But Mahomes, 17 of 23, two touchdowns, 215 yards, and 131.6 rating. So, yeah, look, Lamar was great. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes uh, really, really stepped up when his team needed and had a really gritty performance. Uh, defensive Player of the Week, Jake McGee, what have you? I refuse to give it to Ray Greenlaw. Uh, so Brian Branch, uh, nine tackles, a sack, two tackles for a loss, and a QB hits. Should it be Dre Greenlaw? Yes, but he gets docked massive points for being an idiot. So that's, that's exactly why I didn't give it to Dre Greenlaw. And I was going to. I was going to, but I was like, no, can't do that. That's not happening. Um, I've actually given it to CJ Gardner-Johnson. Uh, Detroit. I mean, I mean yeah, it, in, in the... 
in the box score he only comes down with one tackle but he was literally flying everywhere uh, he also had an interception and a pass defense i've gone for cj gardner johnson because like you cannot give it to Dre greenlaw could have cost them the game it was ridiculous dave uh the exact same i'm not giving it to Dre <laughs> greenlaw <laughs> i just i won't do it um aside from him being a 49er it was it was sheer stupidity um but i i'm actually giving it to brian branch as well uh just because he's he, he i think on defense especially you know there's been a lot of questions about lions but uh a game which is winner out uh he really stepped up to the plate so well done brian branch and the lions d yeah um and then finally we come to special teams player slash unit of the week jake mcgee what have you i've got a feeling this might be unanimous stephen sims he had two for 52 on kick returns and one for 67 and the texans sole touchdown on a punt return yeah, no arguments there. Uh, he had a great game. He did everything you could possibly want to return to do. Special teams, uh, it just didn't work out. It didn't equate to a win, but no arguments. Uh, Dave, is this unanimous? Oh, of course it is. Yeah, I mean, he, he was. He, he just seemed to find find the gaps and make the right decision at the right time. So, uh, yeah, Stephen Sims, no, no question whatsoever. No, he really, really did well for them. Um, so there you go, guys. That actually does wrap up our um, podcast. After me seeing the final segment with random stats and then Jake saying, hey, you missed one. You could have told me beforehand, Jake. Come on, pal. I didn't want to interrupt you. You're a flow. You're do a flow know, state. Do you know what I was? I was. I was kind of, as I said, I'm very tired. Uh, yesterday, I had to go to the dentist and I got a, a, what they call like a deep filling, which sounds dirty, I know. But uh, it just means that it's right. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, but it, it just means you be put out. It totally does. Well, now listen, I was lying lying on my back in a tree and the moment says I'm going to give you a deep cut. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, right, right, yeah, yeah, okay. sorry. <laughs> See what you, I mean? Always, no, no, you're always telling us about keep it PG and things did, like that. I was at the dentist. I do not know I what you guys... I was deep filling while I was lying on my uh, back. <laughs> with my you mouth open. Yeah, because you know, I mean, at that point, she said open wide. And I was like, what? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> point is, <laughs> point is, listen, I seriously doubt any children listen to this podcast. Anyway, point is that yes, we were going to record the podcast yesterday, and I could not because of the injection. The entire right side of my face was numb, and I was. So they tell you, I don't remember last guy time you guys have had any dental work done, but when you get the anaesthetic, afterwards they say no hot drinks or food, uh, and no, nothing hard until the the um, anaesthetic is worn off, okay? But it takes a good like two hours, three hours for this thing to wear off. So I was literally sitting there at home trying to drink a glass of water. I'm just going, why am I soaking wet all over? Because it's dribbling <laughs> at one side of my mouth. It was absolutely disgusting. And then uh, um, my lovely wife, who loves me very much, she was like, do you want me to get you a straw? And I was like, you know, what's the point? Because it'll go in one side and out the other. So I ended up having to sort of <laughs> lie sort of three quarters of the way back and tipping a drink of water into my mouth. It was Honestly, I was in an absolute state yesterday disgrace to humanity i'll tell you that um but um I, I feel a lot better now and i've got feeling back in my face i can talk i couldn't talk yesterday 
I was just sort of mumbling. It looked awful. Imagine how short the podcast would have been. How's it? Wow. Wow. <laughs> All I'm going to say is, wow. That's, <laughs> so, so, that was, so that Jake was... Jake might be a free agent as well. There's <laughs> a whole new lineup next year. It'll just be me and Patrick and oh. Tim. I don't know. <laughs> Some you and, you and, you and McPhail. Do you, do, you reckon, do you reckon there's like listeners? Because we, we do, ha- believe it or not, we actually have regular listeners in this podcast. There's about 20 of them, 25 of them, right? Do you reckon there are people who like don't believe you and McPhail exists? He's a figment of our imagination. It's just like yeah, well, this our, our mythical li- no, our, creature. Our listeners, our listener numbers will go down by one because he purposely listens and then corrects me on every single <laughs> thing that we said wrong every Monday morning. So he listens every single yeah, but, week. So uh, but, uh, do you reckon he never corrects me? To my face, anyway. You never even <laughs> mentions it to me. He's like, he doesn't even know. That's absolute rubbish. When I sit beside him on a Monday morning, <laughs> you and him have your little support group chats <laughs> like religiously about the weekend games. Don't even try that with me. Well, anyway, all I'm saying is that I reckon there's probably people out there somewhere in the ether listening to this podcast going, who is this guy, you and they keep mentioning. And tr- listen, he does exist. One of these days... We, we probably won't get him on. Maybe one of these days when we get the... Uh, because I've been promising getting the YouTube channel back up and running and it hasn't happened. But hey, I got myself a new camera, so that's nice. It's going to happen. Um, and we'll just get like, a picture of you and, and just put it up. And go, this, <laughs> this is him. It does, is there, does one exist? I don't does anyone know have a picture of you? Actually, I've never seen a picture of you. <laughs> trust me he exists i, have, I, I promise have pic- i have a picture of you in from the football there's a football picture of you there oh, is wow. yes there's yes, a picture, there is a picture of, of you and it's it's uh you've seen it dave on the way to the kitchen you've seen it oh yes yes uh, yeah yes because jake is there and there's who else is in that one it's um Ennis is in it Ennis is in it yeah 49ers fan Ennis. he's in it and, oh. and, the, and the other jake was in it and that uh, listen Look, it uh, exists. Uh, I'll I'll end on a random stat. Go for it. That it's a work related one. So in our in our meetings at work, Ewan averages three words per team meeting. No, he doesn't. Well, I'll yes, he under. does. I'll he, take does. The under. he does. He does. And they he are three words. Those three words are from me. nothing from me. <laughs> That's every <laughs> single. <from> <laughs> 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 it's, it's, there you go. That's a random stat because every week we have a, 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 a meeting. Do you know what? And do you know and what almost say, Ewan, do you have anything? Nothing from me. Nothing. But no, not today, though. Because his microphone didn't work. So he right, he didn't have to say. See, he actually had just 2.7 words. words. <laughs> <laughs> two, two oh, oh, what are we talking about? What are we What are we doing? Right, guys, um, we'll call it a day there. Nice one. Um, thank you very much. Uh, Dave, thanks for coming along. Appreciate it, as always. No thank Jake, you thank always. you for stopping by. Stay classy. Okay, I was, well, my days are numbered. I was going to say stay classy, San Diego. Anchorman, see what I did there, but I'm not allowed to see San Diego anymore because every time I do, you guys pick up on it. And never, and thank you to everyone listening. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, okay. Uh, thank you to everyone listening. Uh, don't forget, you can find us on Twix. Uh, you can find myself, you can find Dave, you can find Jake. Um, I don't think you can find you on 
<laughs> not to lose on online presence. Yeah, just a account. He does exist. I promise he exists. I promise. Anyway, uh, this is where the, you know he uh, draft day fails. I mean, they come from this guy. So I'm just saying. Anyway, um, you can find us on uh, Twix. Um, don't forget, if you want to nominate your own random stat, feel free to do so. Just give us a drop us a message on uh, Twitter, X, Twix, as we're calling it. Um, and until then, gentlemen, we shall see you on next week's edition of the WinFL Show.